Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins and this is week 56. Each week I speak with someone who has walked the Camino de Santiago, a series of walks across Europe, culminating at the majestic Catholic Cathedral in Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. It's widely believed the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James lie in the cathedral's crypt. So, hundreds of thousands of pilgrims walk the various Caminos each year, and it's, it's said the Camino offers the pilgrim insight, spirituality, or enlightenment. Well, my trusty desk calendar this week quoted Helen Keller, the blind American author and activist. She said, The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. So why do hundreds of thousands of pilgrims walk the Camino to Santiago? My, my guest this week is an action man. Lou Dregley is a, a runner, a cyclist, a triathlete, a hiker. And I want to know why he walked the Camino. Lou Dregley is on the line from Ohio in the United States. Lou, welcome. Hello, Dan. Thanks for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. Well, why did you walk the Camino de Santiago? Well, because uh, it was a good opportunity that uh, uh, that came up for my wife and I uh, through my uh, wife's cousin. Uh, he was looking for someone to go out and you know to do the Camino with, and uh, we just you know said, "Well, we'll go with you." You know, it was uh, you know, like I say, just an opportunity that came up for us, and it just took that 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 time to go with and be with our cousin and. And you go out there and have a good time. Do you remember how you first heard about the Camino or when? Um, I would say uh, it's probably maybe five years ago, and I'm not sure. It might have been through either either through a podcast show or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of podcast shows, and uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But, uh, of course, you know, something that led me to see the movie, you know, the, the way when yeah. it came out I get back in, I guess, 2011. So, you know, we saw the movie, and, and again, it's it, that was quite inspiring and something that you would think, oh, that's something that, you know, you'd like to do or, you know, uh, it would be a nice you know, 31 day adventure, basically, you know, to go out and try. And, uh, so that's probably, you know, like I said, I'm not quite sure where, but of course I know like the movie, seeing the movie was an influence and then just maybe reading more on it or just hearing more about it, you know, since, especially since after the movie. And did you do a lot of preparation? I, I know you were a, already a runner, a cyclist, a hiker, and you're really keen on nutrition and and spiritual, spiritually, you're very active as well. Did you do extra preparation for the Camino, or did you just think, ah, 31-day hike, I've got this, <laughs> right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, actually, uh, when my wife and I, uh, like I said, when we hooked up with uh, her cousin, it might have been like six months out before we went. We went in the summer, so like in November, I think we made the commitment that we were going to go and, um, you know, I, I, we, I think we might even got our plane tickets by that time, but, uh, we did start, uh, especially on the weekends taking longer, just walks. I mean, so yeah, my physical training through biking and swimming and running and all that is one thing, but I think to just to be able to, you know, just to walk like for 
five hours straight or something, you know, is, is a different type of training. So, you know, and, and we, and we use the, those, the long walks on the weekends to, uh, you know, test our gear out and shoes, I think is important. And, and then eventually, you know, our backpacks and, and the kind of weight that we wanted to carry and all that. So we, yeah, there was definitely preparation and books with, uh, that we've read and, uh, you know, as far as, uh, like a packing, I think there was a book, it was, uh, tips and packing for the Camino, you know, and, um, that was pretty helpful for us, you know, because we're, you know, you have to decide whether you want to bring, you know, sleeping bag or uh, just what kind of really equipment should you really bring and all that. And this, so this book helped us, and we just followed through with that and, and then just, like I say, you know, just practice so what, whatever we can. Yeah, yeah. And what about in terms of logistics? So booking places to stay or, or working out where you were going to sleep each night, did you pre- plan all of that ahead? Were you, as they call it, a spreadsheet pilgrim? Uh, I like the spreadsheet <laughs> pilgrim. That's good. But and that's pretty much how we were, I think. Uh, except the first night, um, we had long travel, I think, uh, well, we, it was like 35-hour travel. We had to drive up from Ohio to Canada, Toronto, and then take the plane from Toronto to back into America and to, you know, uh, North Carolina, and then from North Carolina across Spain, and then from Spain into France. But um, the, we did have reservations in St. John to, you know, stay in one of the albergues, and that was our only, I guess, main preparation to stay, you know, at a particular place. And then we also knew that uh, we'd be, you know, tired from all the travel, that uh, we would only make it to the first night in Orison, you know, after uh, our first day of walking from St. John to Orison, we would stop there rather than going to, like with most people do, they go to Roncevallis, you know, and, uh, and that was re- a good uh, good way for us to do that, you know, because like I say, with the travel lag and all that, and uh, with the jet lag, you know, and then... Uh, yeah. And then, from, and then from then on, we just, yeah, we just, um, you know, you just, I think like most people do, they just, you know, you have a, a, a the guide, the, the guidebook, and you, you have a general idea what town, well, you know what town you're going to go to, but you don't, of course, know what really, maybe what Alberta you would be in, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, it was a lot of open-ended, you know, yeah, yeah. days. That's kind of the but enjoyment we of it. Also, too, right? Oh, it is. It, yeah. It's lovely. And then, you know, we were, of course, you know, we're still, uh, we're on a schedule, a time schedule, because, you know, we have to make our plane back, you know, so you can't lollygag too much, I guess, in our case. I mean, so. Yeah, you know, we, I, I, I see that you comment and participate on the American Pilgrims on the Camino Facebook page quite a lot. So you you like to share and give advice and and, and share your experiences, which I think is terrific. Because if there are yeah. a lot of people who are unsure, uh, and that point mm-hmm. that you just made about the jet lag or even the travel lag and stopping at Orison, that's a very good point because I didn't think of that. Um, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd already walked for a week from, from Lourdes, so it didn't really affect me. But there were a lot of people who traveled a heck of a long way and only got yes. in in the afternoon and then the next day were getting up and crossing the Pyrenees. That's a really good point. Orison may, yes. be, may be a good option, hey? Yeah, and then if you do stop in Orison, I think the best is to make reservations to stay there too. Yeah, yeah. To call ahead and yeah, know, and, that's a must. Because 
because yeah, because they'll they will fill up. Yeah, that's for it's sure. A small, it's a small, small albergue. Yeah, and it, what? How far is it from Saint Jean? But eight kilometers? Is it? Yeah, it's it's less than eight kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good mm-hmm. first day's walk. It's not an easy walk, but it's a nice walk. Yeah, it is, and you know, and and like I say, with the guidebooks, I think even the guidebooks will tell you. You know, all the guidebooks will suggest to go from Saint John into Rancavalas. They yeah. won't, they don't really suggest Orson. You know, but I do have to give my wife the credit. Uh, she is the one that uh, was adamant about stopping, you know, and staying at Orison, and she made the reservations. I think, you know, you know, the men—they're more, you know, you know, stubborn or what. They just think they can do it, and you just follow the book and you just go, and you'll be fine. But I think that really helped us a lot. Even, I, I, you know, we would find out that uh, people that did do the long walk, the 27K, I think it is, for the first day, if you walk from St. John into um, Aransavalis, that, you know, you end up having problems. Like, they find out there's the blisters or the foot problems and the aches and the pains that they get from climbing up and down, you know, basically through the Pyrenees. Yeah, that's right. And how did you find, then, the Pyrenees? Um, it was a, a lovely, a lovely walk in the park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, it was because again, we didn't strain ourselves, you know, and uh, push ourselves. And um, it, the uh, it, we did when we were climbing up in into the Pyrenees, we did have some uh, blowing uh, rain, uh, fog that you couldn't see, but and uh, but. I think we were, I mean, I don't remember suffering or anything like that. I think we were, we, you know, we managed well. You know, Lou, I said at the start of the interview that it said the Camino offers the pilgrim insight and spirituality or enlightenment. But I wonder if sometimes it's as simple as community and connection. And maybe that's how we get a greater sense of self-worth by someone listening to us for a change or from someone taking the time to talk to us. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, when So can you uh, clarify what, I mean, or like as far as... The spiritual uh, nature you... and the enlightenment, I think, can come also from a, a sense of community, that you're all pilgrims and you feel... As oh. as part of that community, you get a greater sense of self worth, and you've also, yeah. you've got people who are prepared to listen to you, and and people who are prepared to talk to you as well. And you know, and that is, I like you say, I think that is one of the, the uh, as I would say, like the spirit of the Camino is that sense of community, and and what's kind of neat or exciting about it too is that yeah, you are you're, you're meeting people who have the same goal as you, the same you know, uh, uh, just even the same excitement as you. Uh, and, and it just, that energy just rubs off on each other. And you just, uh, the, that sense of family even is just, it's, it is, it's kind of profound that, you know, to experience that on the Camino that you just, you know, I mean, so we, we, we do backpack, we, we uh, hike in the mountains and the canyons and all this, and, uh, and we'll spend a few days and all that, but, and, it's not the same as doing it like on the Camino, you know, because you do have this community, you have this family that you develop and, you know, with people from all over the world. And it is, it's special. Um, 
I, I, I saw someone wrote on the Facebook page, the American Pilgrims of the Camino, uh, and they said, while I love my job and my colleagues, who I can truly call my friends, today I officially announced my departure and begin the countdown for my journey towards finding my north, El Camino, God willing. And you wrote, then yeah. your Camino has begun. So <laughs> does our pilgrimage yes. begin once we decide to do it, Lou? Uh, yes, I would say so. The, you know, because again, it, it, you, you, then all the planning, all the thinking behind of how you're going to get there and what you're going to do and all this, I think so. Yeah, the, the, the pilgrimage has begun. And it doesn't matter what, yeah, I mean, so you, you're, you're starting, you, you're not really starting, say, in St. John or any other uh, places that you could start on the Camino, but uh, it starts then, I guess, from your front door. Yeah, that's right. And and when you decide to finally go, that excitement builds that energy that you were talking about before, that we all share. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. so true. You know, you, you mentioned before that you walked with your wife. Now, I'm going yes. to I'm politely ask this. Would you recommend it for everybody? Uh, you know, my, my wife and I, our relationship has been based on walking ever since. Uh, I mean, I've known my wife as a teenager in, in high school and... And from the very beginning, we would walk together. So we realized walking together was a special time and moment together that uh, we, you know, learned to to uh, know, you know, just to know each other and learn about each other. And so, yes, I would recommend it. You know, I would recommend if a couple can do it. You know, one of the key points then, I guess, too, is it once you agree upon, you know. Uh, a schedule you keep that together you know and um uh, our only maybe we uh, because uh there was at one point in time when uh you know uh, we i wanted to walk a little bit more you know and uh my wife says no we're i'm done you know let's just stop you know in this town that's coming up and uh but i had to give in you know i mean you know within myself you know what i mean i just felt like you know she's right and i just I need to take care of her and so you know just a little lesson learned there but yeah just it's it was it was fun it was it was just good to be together and you know and another growing experience and opportunity that we had together that we were we were blessed you know that we could do that so any couple they can do it i would say do it yeah yeah how heavy was the pack that you carried um i would say mine was uh, maybe, uh, let's see, 15 pounds. So is that like seven eight and kilos? Eight kilos, yeah. Yeah, seven or, yeah. yeah, yeah and that's, that's with uh, water and, and maybe some light food, you know, fruit or whatever. But uh, I try, we try to keep it light as possible. I think my wife's pack was like 12 pounds. Yeah. So we, had, we, we purposely, again, you know, uh, that was part of our planning and preparation. We've got small backpacks and, and just uh, figured out what we needed to wear just uh the clothes on our backs and then a change of clothes. And that was it basically. Yeah. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that in in just a moment because (laughs) I walked with a Polish girl on my first Camino and she was carrying 16 kilos. So around 30, uh, 35 pounds. And I, and I said to her, Whoa, what on earth? And she said, I know it's like my life. I probably have too much stuff in my life as well. That's very true. Isn't it Lou? Yes, it is. Yeah. One of the, uh, 
our sayings along the way was uh, leave what's heavy behind. It's uh, it's a quote from a song that we that we picked up. I think uh, before we came out on the Camino, I don't I don't remember who the artist is, but uh, uh, it's you know, and so that's just like you say, the life, the Camino is just gives you a picture of life. You know, just uh, there's many things that we hold on to, and uh, and it ends up being uh, eventually a burden, or you know, just too much to bear, or what. But uh, you know, learn to leave it behind. I really like that. I really like that. Leave yeah. what, what's heavy behind. Yes. You're, you're big on nutrition. So how did you find the food, Lou? Uh, were you able to, to eat as well as you would have preferred to and as, as you like to? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know, uh, one of, this is uh, one of the, I guess, uh, another lesson I have as far as, you know, with my wife teaching me uh, when you're in a place and you go out to eat or you're at, you know, at a family or at a friend's place or, and they offer you the food, you know what, you just eat what's put in front of you and be thankful for that, you know, and, and that's our, our attitude or my attitude that I had, you know, you know, you got to eat a chorizo or whatever, or, uh, you know, apanete, you just, you just enjoy it, you know, you just, uh, so I, I was fine. I mean, you know, before this trip, uh, we weren't coffee drinkers, you know, and uh, we started drinking the coffee calenges, you know, the little yeah. cu- cups of coffee with the cream in there. And that was like our morning breakfast, you know, was the coffee calenge and the the, uh, the chocolate croissant, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but that was, you know, it was it, normally, yeah, no, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be eating the croissant or what, but, uh, you know, you just, at that time, it's you just, you're thankful for what's um, there and, you know, and you realize that okay, this is not your normal regular diet, but you'll be okay. So I was okay. We we ate uh, whatever basically. You know, there's pilgrim uh, meals that you know you have, to, and we would just go with that. Or uh, and then sometimes uh, when we were with um, the we we would eventually we hooked up. You know, there would be a group of us, and we would have meals together with our Camino family friends and. Uh, you know, and you just and we would all, you know, just pitch in and put the food in. And we would all eat, so food wasn't a problem. Yeah, it's a lovely that community in the evenings is a lovely experience, isn't it? People from all yes. around the world um, and happy to tell your tale, and you might enjoy a meal with someone one night and not see them for another two weeks, and then run into them mm-hmm. again, which is just absolutely yes. lovely, really lovely. It is very lovely, yes. Uh, um, so how far did you walk each day? Uh, being seasoned walkers, were you walking further than average? Like I think most people would walk about 25 to 30 k's a day. No, that's that's about what we were doing. I mean, there were some days near the end, the last week or so, um, we would walk maybe 40 or Right, maybe forty-two. I think forty-two k might have been the longest walk, but I think on average, might have been around twenty-five k. So, which is like what sixteen or eighteen miles between there, somewhere somewhere between there. So, you know, and uh, and that was enough for us. And uh, and again, because we were on a schedule, we we needed to we did it in thirty-one days, and that was it was good for us. We had no layover days or you know rest days or anything. And did you ever find 
Or have one of those days on the Camino when you questioned why you were walking? No, we were having too much fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so. And being, and being fit and able to do it, I won't say easily because it's not easy. But no, it's not. It's it's work. I mean, you know, there was tiring days, of course. Yeah. But being a bit fitter, yeah. you're able to enjoy it, aren't you? Yes, that definitely helps. You know. Yeah. But uh, and I think you just you just we we um, you know uh, uh, we I mean to, you know I would say we took you know we took our time and but other people would look at us and say oh no you guys were kind of going too fast or what but. Um, you know, we were we were going at our pace. Everyone has their pace, and and that's which is good. And then, um, you know, but then we would also take afternoon siestas. You know, we'd rest after we get to albergue and you know wash our shower and wash our clothes, and then we rest. And then you'd get up, and then you go out. Um, you know, touring the town, and then you have your dinner meal. So you know, yeah. Uh, how we did it <laughs> it's a pretty simple life life isn't it yes it is and that's part yes. of the what is also relaxing about it and as a seasoned runner and walker i wanted to ask you about how you coped with the various surfaces because some days you can find yourself walking in the morning on dirt and then gravel rocks and other times the bitumen or the asphalt of the road and other times you're walking on slate how did the bottom of your feet cope I like that. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, you know how we did it. And again, this is something uh, my wife and I prepared. And that is, is basically we had two pairs of shoes and we alternate between the shoes throughout the day. Uh, you know, so maybe in the morning, if we knew that the terrain was going to be rockier or, you know, pretty rough terrain, then I would wear a light pair of um, hiking boots, just, a, you know, a low cut, lightweight uh hiking boot and then in the afternoon if you know you're going to be on you know either soft surface or flat surface or pavement then i had i changed into my um lightweight trail running shoes and that were good for me now my wife though she didn't she let's see she just had a, a light pair of a lightweight uh, trail shoes and then sandals so she would alternate between those two you know throughout the day and it worked good for her. So we, we both didn't have problems with our feet. Um, uh, although it is funny, though, our, we are trail shoes. We have both the same uh, make and model. And uh, we both got a little blister on, on our heel from those shoes. And then it was funny because we met a, a woman on the trail who had also the same type of shoes that we had, the same make and model. And she had the same blister in the same spot. Wow. So it was funny, you know. So, of course, you know, we had to get a picture of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Our three, the, three, the three heels, you know. And on both feet? Yes, I think it might have been on the, on the right foot, yes. Right. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Yes. And so when, yes. you, when you say a lightweight trail running shoe, is, mm -hmm. is that what – just describe it. Is that just like a normal running shoe but it's just a bit heavier tread or – I've never heard of that. No, it's – no, well, well, um, the weight is as far as uh, you know, like in grams. So they're lighter, and so they're built uh, with less material versus the heavyweight ones. They're maybe a thicker sole, and or, or they have a heavier material. You know, 
Um, and they're, they're used more for like uh, um, longer distances on the trails or, or you know, on a heavy duty trail versus like uh, a trail like because I, I do trail running races and I maybe up to 10 kilometers or maybe 15 kilometers of and I would use the lightweight trail running shoes. So they're just lighter. And, yeah. Uh, but, they just feel like more like a sock, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the treads are not, the treads are not big lugs or anything. They're just low cut treads. Yeah. But I wonder then with your experience and if someone's listening and they are not a hiker or, or necessarily a, a long distance walker, what advice would you give them to make things a little bit easier for them? Um, well, if, if, if someone is interested in doing the Camino, they, they know and understand or, or should realize that, yes, it's, it's a long walk. It's a long day of walking. So, you know, you have to, you have to prepare. So, um, I would say, yeah, you, you need to practice. You need to spend time, you know, on your feet, walking in different terrains in the parks and trails and, um, it, like, you know, like I say, on the, if you can get out on the weekends and spend, I mean, we would spend, we would leave in the morning and then we, we would come home later in the afternoon. And that would include, you know, stopping at, uh, and having lunch out on the trail. And, and uh, you, know, you, you got to do that. You just got to build up your, your leg strength. And, um, and I would say, too, for someone that's not experienced, is learn how to use trekking poles, uh, you know, I, I, because it's a big help. It's yeah. a big help to keep to keep you going on your feet, to help you uh, with you know your I think with the you know the joints and aches and pains and that you know you would get otherwise this would help you and um, it just holds you up you know by the end of the day or the late afternoon if you're still out there you know you're slumped over your pack and everything. Well, with the poles you know it, it, it will help you to stand up straight and keep your posture going and. Um, uh, so you just practice, yeah. yeah. Practice with getting the right, sh getting the right shoes. You know, breaking the, the right shoes, and then if you need to, you just buy another new pair. You know, and, and lightly break those in before you take them on the Camino. Yeah, yeah. The poles is very important. That was actually my next question, because I had very, very sore uh, shins. The front, the muscle down the front of my shins was was, was agony, and I was carrying mm. a guitar on my back. And my friend Etienne, oh. a French doctor, said to me, the guitar is, you're leaning forward because of the weight of the guitar. You need walking yeah. sticks to stand you up straight again. And as soon as I, two, within two days, the, that pain was gone. Um, so it's, no, really wow, important, it's really important to make sure that your gait is nice and upright. And that's what you're saying. The poles will allow you to do that. But what I wanted to say to you, Lou, then as a supplementary question, if you like, a lot of people don't quite know how to use them properly, do they? You see people sort of dragging them along and other people sort of not really using them right. It's important to learn to use the trekking poles correctly, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. And that's why I say, you know, learn how to use them. Um, either uh, you, you can go like to the uh, when these uh, outfitters or these backpacker shops. You can ask the guys at the shop, you know, if you're going to go buy it, you know, from there and and you may get some tips and pointers from them, and then just you just have to practice, um, you know. And, and the idea is is to use your arms. So I that is one thing I would notice that you know people weren't using their poles right. They 
they let it drag or you hear these clickety clackety noises, you know, they're just, they're, it's like, so they're not really using their arms. They're just kind of just swinging the poles, you know, and, or, you know, and, uh, but I, I, I felt like, you know, if you, if you're using it right, you should feel it a little bit in your arms, not enough to, you know, to wear out your arms at the end of the day, but you know, it's, uh, you know, so, or you just talk to people and just ask them, or yeah. just, you, know, you learn from observing. Yeah, I came back with my arms were the most toned that they've been in years. <laughs> they looked fantastic. Well, there you go, yeah. <laughs> it worked, it worked, yes. it was great. So let's talk about yes. Spain. Let's talk about Spain. What did you make of the little towns along the way, Lou? Uh, simple life, I think, is one, you know, observation. You realize... Uh, and the, some of these towns only exist because of the, the cathedral or the church, you know, that that's in that town. Otherwise, you know, uh, there's nothing there, you know, I mean, the, uh, but, uh, and then, you know, the, and the people that you meet, you know, some of the locals or, you know, they were uh, just very nice people, even though uh, I didn't know the language, which that would, that would be another good tip: is uh, learn Spanish. That would be very helpful. Yeah, it'll make it'll make your life and just uh, the trip just so much enjoyable because then you could interact and you know a lot easier with with the locals at the albergues or at the cafes or you know at the grocery store wherever you know that. Uh, so the, the towns were just some of them, you know, just old, worn, uh, you know, not kept up or anything and. But then there's other towns that you could tell that they've just, you know, really, you know, uh, renovated or uh, look really pretty. And you know, just, so it's just a, a nice. And, and, I mean, that was part, part part of the reason why we went, too, is just so we could see the culture and the people in the country. You know, just this, that was a good opportunity to, you know, to do that. Yeah. And the views. When you stop to look at the views, I think I remember being up. At uh, near the sculpture Pamplona, and uh, talking to an, an an Irish girl, she who was limping, her knee was just about cactus, and she said to me, "Stop, Dan, Dan, stop, look back." And I turned mm -hmm. around and went, "Wow, wow, it was just incredible." Yeah. You know, it's really important, isn't yeah. it, Lou? The views are spectacular and incredible, but it's really important to look back. Yes, it is. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah. I I thought, though, on one hand, you know, I don't know if it was a, a saying or somewhere, you know, I would, would remember that, uh, you know, basically the arrows are pointing in one direction. You're going forward, you're moving forward, and and you're you're leaving the things behind. Again, this is one of those quotes about, you know, leave what's heavy behind. You know, it's, you're just because you're going forward. On one hand, yes, you need to look back. And actually, if you wanted to see the morning sunrise, you have to look because a lot of those were beautiful, too, because, uh, you know, you didn't want to miss that. So you, did, you needed to look back. But uh, but I, I didn't, you know, uh, you know, like, like I say, I'm not sure, you know, how that would relate to, you know, when people would say, yeah, you know, you're not looking back. You're looking forward. Don't worry about what's behind you. You know, but that's, that's a different point anyways. Well, <laughs> I kind of looked at it like I got a sense of look how far I've come. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, I know I wasn't good. supposed to be looking back. I was supposed to be leaving all that behind. <laughs> but I liked getting a sense of, look how far I've come. 
So yes, uh, just a couple more questions, Lou. You've been really generous with your time. I saw that you mentioned a comment on Facebook. You said, no one is the same after walking the Camino. Why? It's, uh, well, I definitely believe that. Um, and, um, well, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that, that's a phrase that it's an experience that it's going to take uh, a lifetime to to uh, go. Uh, I mean, to receive all the experiences and everything that you've had on the on the Camino, it's it'll just it will take a lifetime to to digest it. I guess you know to yeah. come back to you and and, and but um, it's um, you're not you're not the same no matter what because whether you went through things through a physical hardship or you know. Uh, and then when you come out of it, you feel like, you know, there's, you know, if you're able to accomplish something like this, you know, that you're, you can, you know, that your life is, it's okay. You know, that you can, you can do it. You can move on. You can uh, overcome anything, I guess, you know, you just, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm not sure if I have all the words for it, like I say, but, uh, I, I just, you just know it. You just know your life is not the same because um, even before you went, you were one type of person. You had one idea, one view on life or certain things, but then after the Camino, your life and has expanded, you know? Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. That's a very good yeah. way of putting it, yeah. And mm -hmm. and how you choose to, what to do with those experiences is how you learn and grow. Will you go back? Yeah. Will you go back, Lou? Um, I don't have plans, but you know, I I would love to. I sure. I mean, because the like I say, the experience is great. The, to, to to go out there and it's it's easy as far as uh, you know. It doesn't take a lot of planning, and you know you're going to meet people from all over the world, and you're going to enjoy that moment. Uh, you you know you realize that it's not going to be the same. You can't think of oh you know I'm going to you know do this and and, and have that kind of experience. It could be totally different. So, yeah, I mean, I would go back if the opportunity was there again. I mean, and even my wife says, yeah, you know, she would go back too. So I always joke and say, well, maybe when we, uh, after we retire, you know, we'll go do that again, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nice to think that it's there when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, yeah. And maybe one day your heart will say, you know what you need, Dan? You know what you need, Lou? Get back to Camino. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, listen, yeah. I think somehow you have the same Camino residence that I do. It's kind of in my heart, that's for sure. So, Lou, thanks so much yes. for your time. I've really enjoyed having a chat to you. You're welcome, Dan, and thank you. I appreciate it. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. And buen Camino, my friend. And, and buen Camino, yes. Thanks, Lou. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Lou Dregley there, an American pilgrim from Ohio in the United States. This week's quote is from Helen Keller, the blind American author and activist, and she said, The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. But I like Lou's quote, Leave what's heavy behind. Yeah. Well, I hope this week's podcast with Lou shed some light on the questions why hundreds of thousands of pilgrims walk the Camino de Santiago each year. I'll step back on the Camino one day, that's for sure.
And I'll be back again next week with another Pilgrim's Podcast. Until then, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Buen Camino.